It is wonderful to be home. It's always nice to go away. It's always nicer to come home. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, very thankful for a home. So, um, so good morning. Yeah, Dan, uh, actually, without telling him, he kind of just did what I'm going to be talking about, which is um, taking the opportunity for intercession. So, um, let me open up my notes. Pull down the glasses. <laughs> Can't really see them without that. Um, so good morning. So, um, Father, thank you for the opportunity to share what you've shown me. And uh, Lord, I just uh, give this time to you. Lord, in your name, amen. Um, so, yeah, Dan, so we've been sort of going through Sunday school themes this uh, summer. And uh, so when Esther was on the radar, uh, he asked if I would be willing to share um, about Esther. Um, a few months back, probably six or seven months back, I uh, was driving to school to pick up the kids and uh, listening to one of my favorite speakers on uh, online. And uh, he was sharing about Esther. And I don't remember the whole sermon. I just know the whole time I was listening, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this. My heart was burning within me. Like it was like God was speaking directly to me. And I was like, what are you saying? I know you're saying something to me, but what are you saying? And it was just one of those experiences that didn't go away. Um, it was like, okay. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that's why Dan asked me to share. Um, so if, uh, if you're like me and you grew up in the VeggieTale era um, with your kids, you've seen Esther, you know the story very well. Um, I thought they did a wonderful job in VeggieTales of, uh, of their rendition of um, the queen uh, Esther, and uh, so you actually have a really good idea of the book if you've seen that a oh, hundred times like I have. Um, and they tweaked the story to make it very kid-friendly, so that was good. Um, but if you haven't seen the VeggieTales version and you're not familiar with the story, I just thought I would give you a quick overview of the book of Esther. Um, it's in the Old Testament, um, and uh, we're not, not going to read the whole thing. It's ten chapters. Um, but Esther is actually um, a, a historical book in the Bible, um, a history book for the Jewish nation, for the nation of Israel, um, explaining the Feast of Purim, which is a feast that they actually still celebrate today, the Jews do. Um, it's, a, yeah, they, it's, a, it's an annual feast to remember how God saved the Jews um, through, through Esther. Um, at this time in history, Israel... Uh, was, was a nation still, but they were, uh, they were scattered. They were under Persian rule at the time. The Jews were scattered about, living in foreign lands, um, but they had relative freedom. They weren't slaves in these foreign lands. Uh, some Jews did return to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple, and that's in the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, if you go through that. So it was around that time period. Um, but most of the Jews living abroad have accepted the fact that they will not be returning to their homeland and they've made their lives in these foreign lands. And um, they've done their best to still worship Yahweh, their God, the Jewish God, um, and keep his laws in these foreign lands. Um, this, this story in particular takes place in the capital city of the Persian Empire. So it's a pretty prominent place. Um, in, it's called Shushan. Um, many of the Jews live there. Um, the other thing that's interesting about the book of Esther is that the name of God is never mentioned. Um, 
in the book of Esther, um, but his promises to and his covenant with the nation of Israel is very clearly seen um, through the story. So um, that's just a bit of an overview. Uh, in my eyes, it's a very sad story um, of a proud and pagan king um, who dismisses his queen um, after he, he loves to have these feasts. He has many feasts, and after one of his drunken feasts, he uh, dismisses his queen because she wouldn't do what he wanted her to do, and um, then decides, someone mentions, well, now you don't have a queen, so he decides to gather um, and force all these young virgins in his kingdom um, to come to Shushan and, and to be part of his harem. So, um, yeah, pretty awful for these young girls, um, and uh, they, ha they didn't have a choice. Um, but he did this in order so that he could choose a new queen. So, uh, so Esther, she ends up being one of these girls that, that is taken. And again, she loses any hopes of having a family of her own, any, um, any freedom that she had. Once you're taken into the king's harem, that's your life. That's where you are for the rest of your life. So, um, yeah, in my eyes, it's, it's, it's a very sad story in that way. Um, Esther does... Uh, become the new queen, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but uh, this king also makes some very poor choices in his leadership choices. He chooses uh, a man named Haman, who's another character in the story, who, um, who ends up hating the Jew Jews, and one Jew in particular, but the hate for one person ends up driving him to want to kill the whole nation. And, uh, and this king also makes rather rash decisions. He, uh, he makes decisions that hurts hurt other people he doesn't realize. So again, he's a pagan king. He has no um, relationship with God or uh, any worships foreign gods. And he, um, one of these decisions was that he agrees to allow Haman to destroy um, all Jews. And that's part of the story. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but my focus this morning was on, um, is on Esther, because that's what spoke to me. That's how God spoke to me. And I just wanted to read... Um, you want to read with me? First uh, John 5, uh, verses 14 and 15 says, uh, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He's talking about God. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And this is the confidence we have. So that's sort of the a verse that... Um, went along with my thoughts about Esther this morning. Um, Esther, again, she uh, became queen of this pagan empire, not by choice. She was forced into it. Um, but she was given the opportunity uh, to be an intercessor. So that was the, uh, that was the thought I had um, about her. Um, intercessor is defined as a person who intervenes on behalf of another, especially in prayer. And that was from the dictionary. Um, it literally means, and if you know your Latin, inter means between, and cesse in Latin means um, go, to go. So uh, it really literally means to go between. Um, in this case, Esther goes between a pagan king and uh, his evil cohort, Haman, um, Haman's evil plan, and a nation, her nation, the people of, of uh, Israel, the Jews. She is um, literally an intercessor um, in this story. Um, again, an intercessor is someone who is willing to stand between good and evil. I had a drawing in my notebook, um, <laughs> and I draw stick figures, um, but it, it's really, I, I thought of a good um, 
line picture if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, um, and if you haven't, that's okay. Um, but if you ever, uh, the picture in my mind of an intercessor is when Gandalf, they're in the mountain in the cave, or I think they're inside a mountain in some cave, and there's some dragon pursuing them, huge, ugly dragon. And uh, Gandalf stands up um, between this little, the, the people who have the ring, the hobbits, who are really weak and not very strong, and they can't fight off this huge dragon. But Gandalf stands in between, and he says, you shall not pass. It always goes through my head when I think of intercession. He intercedes between this giant dragon who's about to destroy the work that's going on, the work of the getting rid of this ring, um, and these people who cannot stand up to this dragon on their own. And um, that's the work in my mind of intercession. That's the picture I have in my mind. Um, and he says, you shall not pass. And he does have no thought of, him, himself, of himself at that moment. He is doing the work of an intercessor. Um, so someone who is willing to stand up between good and evil, between lies and truth, between uh, death and life. Um, someone, uh, an intercessor, that is the work of an intercessor. Um, there's been intercessors all throughout the Bible. Uh, when you think of Abraham uh, pleading with God for Sodom and Gomorrah um, because his nephew Lot lives there. And uh, he came, he, he interceded um, for that for that city. Um, lots of intercessors. Moses, many times, interceded um, for the nation of Israel. He would stand between God and the nation when God was done and had, had enough. Maybe you have kids in your home that are intercessors, naturally, that are like, Mom's mad, and <laughs> Mom's mad, and this kid's going to get it. And they say, hey, Mom, let's go do this. I know. I'm just thinking of my life. Um, but someone who's willing to put themselves out there on behalf of someone else. Um, Paul, in Romans 9.3, says he, he would be willing to be accursed um, on behalf of the Jewish nation, that his brothers, the Jews, would be saved. So uh, he was an intercessor. He wanted to stand between, um, yeah, and, and to see that the Jews would be saved. And then finally, we have an intercessor, and you guys know I was going to get to this, Jesus. He is our, he's the final intercessor. Um, we don't need um, any, anything more. We don't need sacrifices. We don't need um, Abraham or Moses. We have Jesus. He is the final intercessor. Um, and he invites us to join him in this ministry of intercession. Um, so I just had some thoughts. Um, so ever since I listened to that sermon, I had, it was actually the time in my life where I, um, my kids were in school after I hadn't, and I, uh, I was challenged to spend a year just to rest and to pray. And the more I prayed, the more I realized um, how powerful intercession was. Not that it would change necessarily every circumstance I prayed for, but how it was changing me. How it was changing the way I prayed and um, how God was speaking to me through the ministry or through, praying, through intercessory prayer, just taking that time and setting it aside and saying, um, okay, Lord, how do you want me to pray for this situation? And he started showing me how to pray and how to battle on behalf of other people in prayer. Um, so intercessory prayer, is, uh, as Dan mentioned, is a battle. It's a battle. It's a battle that exists outside of time. And um, in Revelation 12, we see this uh, going on. Uh, Revelation 12, verse 7 through 12 says, um, and war broke out in heaven, hence the battle. Um, and Michael, 
and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, and the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, or he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Again, this story happened in Genesis, and it's happening again in Revelation. It's a battle that's outside of time. Um, he was cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives Excuse me, they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you and having great wrath because he knows that his, he has a short time. Um, so that's, that's a picture in, uh, of, of a heavenly battle, a war that broke out in heaven. And uh, in here, I thought it was interesting that yeah, they, he didn't prevail, um, and that those who overcame him did it by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives near, or did not love their lives to the death. And I just saw some parallels between Esther and this uh, passage. So I was just going to quickly go over some of my thoughts about this. So Esther, again, the story is you can read it if you don't, if you've never read it before. I'm sure most people are familiar with it. Um, but Esther uh, ends up obtaining favor from uh, it when she's taken. So again, she's taken by force, but she um, obtains favor. She is covered by favor. So the word here says that, we, that they overcame by the blood of the lamb. Well, she didn't have the lamb. Jesus was yet not yet, um, had not yet made the final sacrifice for her, but she was covered by favor. She had the favor of, um, and in the story, you can see that all throughout the story. She ends up um, first having the favor of the head of the harem. When she uh, enters into the harem, he, for some reason, um, she obtains favor with him, and he gives her extra um, beauty potions and stuff that, she, that they're all working with. Um, and then it says in Esther chapter 4 that, they, that she obtains favor with all who see her. And then finally, she obtains favor with the king and that she is chosen as queen. Um, and I'm sure my thoughts were, I'm sure she didn't feel favored all the time. And uh, I'm sure us as humans, we don't always feel favored. We don't always feel, we don't always feel the love of God. We don't feel the favor of God upon us all the time. And I'm sure at times Esther did not feel favored. Um, but she obtained favor um, in the kingdom. And that was, that was all of God. That was God's work, not hers. Um, and, and then we also obtain favor because of Christ. Um, he's covered us with his blood, and so we have favor. We can go to God boldly, as Dan said, um, before the throne of grace. And uh, we have favor with a holy, perfect, pure God because of the blood of Christ upon us. Um, the second thing was that Esther, um, the second thing is that they uh, overcame by the word of their testimony. Well, she, again, didn't have um, the testimony of Jesus, uh, she hadn't come yet, but she has the testimony of being uh, a chose, part of the chosen nation of Israel. She was a Jew, and, um, and God always keeps his promises, and he kept his promises to the Jews. Um, 
she had the testimony of being a Jew and the, what God had always done for the Jewish nation. Um, her, so she was a, uh, I skipped this part, but Esther was a uh, cousin. She had a cousin named Mordecai, and uh, he, she was an orphan, so she was raised by uh, her cousin, Mordecai. He was old enough to uh, take care of her, and so he was sort of a father to Esther, and um, so when he spoke with her, she listened to him. She knew she was loved by Mordecai, and so uh, she had Mordecai uh, speak to her at, at this one point in the book um, when he finds out that Haman is going to destroy the Jews. He, he goes and, uh, to Esther, and, and well, through someone, and uh, he says that God will save the Jews. God, you're, God will save the Jews, but maybe he put you here um, to be an instrument of uh, saving the Jews. And so he, he says to her, God wants to use you. And, uh, and then, uh, again, the testimony of the Jews, all, all the Jews fast for her. She says, fast for me. So she's not alone in, uh, in going before the king. Uh, she has many people fasting for her. And um, even at one point in the book, there, uh, Haman, the, the man who... The, that is the instrument of evil in the book, um, his family tells him that if you've, you've begun to fall before a Jewish person, you're not going to stand. It's, not, it's kind of discouraging from his family, but uh, they, they all recognize they have a fear of the Jewish nation. Obviously, what God has done for the Jews throughout history is known um, to the peoples, um, these people in Persia. So her testimony is the testimony of, um, of God's faithfulness to the Jews throughout history. And our testimony is the testimony of Jesus, what he's done for us. And we can appeal to his grace um, because of, of Jesus. And then lastly, um, the last part of that says they did not love their lives to the death. And uh, yeah, I don't doubt that she was terrified. I don't doubt that she asked for those three days because she was terrified to do what uh, her, her cousin, her father, in a way, was asking her to do. Um, yeah, she, um, she didn't, but she made the decision to not hold her life dear to herself, even though she knew she could die. And she goes, so if you don't know the story, no one is allowed to go before the king of this nation unless he calls them. So she had not been called in over a month, according to her, and, and uh, and so to go into his court without being called um, could mean certain death for her, unless he holds out his scepter to her. So we'll get to that in a minute. But she, she didn't know. She didn't know what was going to happen. And um, in that way, she exemplifies what Christ says, that no greater love has a man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And she exemplifies that in this story. She was willing to lay down her life for, um, for the Jewish people. And um, so Esther, uh, Esther was, uh, was, again, she didn't know the outcome. She could very well have been killed, and, uh, but she was willing to take that chance. And for us, um, as intercessors, um, holding our life, do we hold our lives dear to ourselves? Um, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever is willing to lose his life for my sake will gain it. Um, and... Ours may not be going before a king who's going to chop our head off, but um, it is a daily choice that we have to make. Are we willing to lay down our lives um, for, for our king for, uh, and be willing to, and for, on behalf of other people? 
Um, so those were the parallels I just saw between Esther and our lives as intercessory. Again, intercessory prayer is a battle. It takes, um, yeah, it's not an easy thing. And I do believe that we're, we shouldn't be in it alone. Um, just like Esther uh, recruited people to pray and fa to fast for her. Um, there are times in our lives that we need to say, um, pray for me. I need your prayers for me. And then there's times when we can uh, be interceding for others. Um, all right. So lastly, Jesus is our intercessor. Romans 8.34 and Hebrews 7.25 both tell us that Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us. And I don't know about you, but that gives me extreme comfort every day to know that Jesus is interceding for me, to know that he's praying for me and that he's thinking about me. Um, it, and it gives me extreme confidence um, in life. Um, and the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. Romans 8.27 says that when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit um, intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be understood. He is interceding for us as well. Um, and then uh, 1 Timothy 2.11 says that we... Um, are to pray, I don't have it uh, written down, but we are to pray and intercede um, on behalf of other people. That is part of our, uh, our ministry. So we're just joining with what Jesus and the Holy Spirit are already doing. They are always interceding for us and for uh, people to be saved. And, uh, and when we enter into inter intercession, uh, that's what we are doing. And that verse, um, I love that verse in... Uh, First John, because our confidence comes from uh, the fact that he hears us. And uh, for Esther, her confidence, I believe, in some respects, came from the fact that she knew she was loved. She, had, she could listen to Mordecai and trust him. Um, she knew she was loved by Mordecai, and uh, she was willing to listen to him and to really consider what he said and then follow through with it because she knew she was loved. Intercession can at times... Become a, it's not a duty type thing, like we have to do it. It's a get-to thing. But we only have the heart to, to get to that point when we know uh, how much we're loved by God. Um, and so I think that was my journey. Uh, that year I took to pray was um, coming to know again the love of God in my own life and my own personal, because life is busy and I don't always stop to receive God's love. And so taking that time to stop and receive God's love, and I believe it, but I don't always receive it. Um, I don't always just turn my face to receive his love. But um, when we know we're loved, it compels us to love others through um, the ministry of intercession and um, to pray for them. So um, it's interesting, too, in the story, Esther um, did go to the king, and then she sort of had a feast, and then uh, she didn't ask him the first time. She said, come tomorrow, I'm have another little dinner for you. And so, again, like, I don't, I don't blame her in any way, shape, or form. I would be terrified to do what she did. Um, but uh, when she does receive the king's favor, and he says, I'll give you anything up to half the kingdom, her confidence is like, Phew. she is, I'm sure her confidence was boosted in knowing that the king heard her. And um, so Esther gained confidence, and so it wasn't at that point that at, at one point she discloses what Haman's idea is, and then it was later on in the book that she actually goes to the king again. And again, she wasn't invited. She went to him again, um, putting her life on the line. 
to intercede on behalf of and asking him that the Jews could defend themselves on the day that was uh, that they were supposed to be killed. Um, so, yeah, Esther gained confidence to go to the king when she realized that he heard her. And um, I think that's probably one of the biggest struggles in my life is feeling like I'm heard. I don't know why. I think I was maybe a bit of a shy kid and uh, didn't speak up much and kind of keep stuff to myself. Um, but, boy, going before the king of kings and being heard and knowing he hears me is a huge confidence booster. And that's all of us. We are all his children. It's not just me. I don't have this special... But I'm telling you, when, when, um, yeah, when you know he hears you, and the answer doesn't even matter. It's not about the answer. It's just that you know that he's hearing you, that he's listening, and he delights in your prayers. He delights in that time with you. He delights in, um, yeah, in just being with you and listening to you. And, uh, and yeah, and he will use your prayers. Um, so I just wanted to encourage everyone um, yeah, don't lose heart. He hears you. The confidence, again, First John 14, or 5.14, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Praise God. I'm very thankful for uh, a God who hears me and a God who loves me and sees me. And, uh, yeah thankful for all he's teaching me. So, um, I will close there and uh, just pray before I leave. Father, thank you. Yeah, thank you for this story of Esther, Lord. Um, yeah, just a type of, of your heart, Lord, someone who is willing to, uh, someone who is willing to lay down her life, Lord, on behalf of other people, Lord, and on behalf of her people, Lord, and we pray that you would make us um, intercessors, Lord, that you would teach us more and more the power that we have in prayer, Lord, um, because of you, the confidence that we can have, Lord, as we go before your throne. Um, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, we first worship you and adore you and praise you and we thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord. There is no way, Lord, we can save ourselves. There is nothing good in us, Lord. Um, all goodness is yours. And so we worship you, and we thank you, and we praise you. Lord, teach us your heart in prayer. Teach us your heart for the people that we come in contact with, Lord, throughout our days. Lord, each of us has a ministry of intercession, Lord, um, wherever we are. Lord, whatever, we're, whatever you've given us to put our hand to, Lord, there are people, there are souls around us, Lord, that we come into contact, Lord, that we can intercede on their behalf, Lord. And we do pray, God, um, we do pray, Lord, for Freedom Fest, for this opportunity to, uh, yeah, to intercede uh, on Friday, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would move and work, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth, Lord, as it is in heaven. We worship you, we love you, and we thank you that you love us so much. In your name, Jesus.